Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I am your host, Maria Moore. So excited to continue the conversation about uh, empowering our lives from the inside out. So the topic of discussion for this episode is going to be centered around success in your fitness journey. So often we limit that success to the number we see on the scale or what we see in the mirror. But there are so many other indicators that show us we are on the right track. So I'm going to be breaking down a full list. I think I have about eight to ten of these indicators that can show you through different things, different changes happening in your life, in your body, uh, that prove you are on the right track. So continue to listen for that conversation. Before we jump into that, how about your mind, body, and business check-in? We do these once a week, every Wednesday, when new episodes drop, talking about what we're doing for our minds, our bodies, and our business. This is where I encourage you, as a mind, body, and business listener, to set an intentional goal for your mind, body, and business. doesn't have to be huge and complicated. I'm not asking you to make a million dollars in seven days but to take small steps towards being a better you. So what are you doing for your mind, body, and business? For your mind, you could be reading more books, meditating, limiting how much time you spend on social media. For your body, maybe more exercise, more steps, stretching. And then for your business, how are you handling your business, your finances, your small business, what you're doing to advance in your career? Uh, So those are just some guidelines for how we set these goals. And of course, I'm here to give you some thought starters and to share what I'm doing for my mind, body, and business over the next seven days. So for my mind, it's actually a continuation of what I started doing at the beginning of the year. Uh, Many of you all know, um, and if you're new to the Mind, Body, and Business podcast, I'll tell you now, I am a radio personality. I've been doing radio for about 25 years now. I started when I was 19, so more than 25 years. Um, Different markets uh, all across the country, voice tracking, voiceovers, and now I'm currently physically located in Atlanta, Georgia on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. And since I have joined the Ricky Smiley Morning Show, my profile has risen. And you know when you get that extra attention, you get extra hate, extra comments, extra negativity, unfortunately. You also get a lot of love. But I have been trying to figure out how to handle the negativity or the baiting into having confrontations online. And I have a simple method that I have been doing to protect my mind. Whenever somebody adds me or says something sideways, I have a rule. I will not comment back. The first thing I do is go to that person's profile and block them. And it's just so easy. I do not have to engage. I do not have to be annoyed. And I do not have to sacrifice my sanity or my mental health going back and forth with strangers on the Internet. You know, um, in this game of life, there are players and there are spectators. And if you are out on the field in the game trying to do your thing, there are always going to be people trying to give their opinions, um, trying to criticize you or throw negative energy your way, trying to taunt you, trying to distract you. But your focus should be on winning the game and doing what you need to do on the field. So as I share these thoughts with you, I'm also talking to myself. Uh, So that is the way I'm protecting my mind in the social media space. And, you know, if you've been struggling with how you spend time on social media, maybe it's too much time or too many hours, too much distraction, pay attention 
Do a time inventory. You know, at the end of the day, look at the things that you got done. Look at how you invested your time and decide if you feel good about that. Now, on to my body. I am so excited to announce I am bringing back the Empowered Fitness Challenge. There has been a long hiatus with the Empowered Fitness Challenge. And uh, I started the challenge back in 2017, and I did it all the way up until about 2020, 2021. And then I just transitioned back to live classes and then uh, weekly virtual training sessions. But the Empowered Fitness Challenge involves group coaching, live virtual workouts. So I'll meet with all of the ladies in the program on Monday nights at 7 p.m. And I will coach them through a 45-minute routine uh, where I demonstrate the exercise and I'm looking on the screen at their form. And then the meal plan is included. And I'm also doing a welcome coaching session where I answer all of the participating members' questions about the program and give them a framework for setting realistic goals. And I'm really excited about this challenge because it's not just focused on changing the body, but also on habits, something sustainable. You know, even if it's a small change like drinking more water every day, getting up and stretching, exercising for at least 30 minutes, five days a week. These small changes, when you do them at a nice and steady pace, will be way more sustainable and Just overall, something that each person participating in the challenge can do beyond the three weeks that is designated for the challenge. So this challenge technically kicks off on Sunday, March 3rd. So depending on when you're listening to this episode, you might be too late. But follow me on Instagram at Maria Moore, M-A-R-I-A-M-O-R-E. If you want more information about my fitness programs, you can also go to my website at mariamore.com. Click on Empowered Fitness and you'll see some of the self-guided options. So if you want to do it on your own, there is a super shred there that you can have access to for a full year that gives you the meal plans and the exercise routines and the habit change guides. Um, And then I'm going to be doing live challenges throughout the year. So I'm really looking forward to reconnecting with so many of my previous members who are Empowered Fitness OGs, many who listen to the Mind, Body, and Business podcast, because the creation of this podcast came from what we used to call the Sunday Success Session. And I would basically do something similar to this format, but in a group setting, and we would just talk about positivity, goals, how we're feeling, the changes that we're going to make to improve in our wellness journeys. And it was such a feel-good time inside of that program. So I decided to take that idea and turn it into a podcast. And I'm proud to say that as of the recording of this episode, the Mind, Body, and Business podcast is number one for Black Fitness on Apple Podcasts. So I appreciate all of the love, the support. If you're new to the podcast, please explore our list of episodes because there are a lot of great topics covered here on the Mind, Body, and Business podcast. And speaking of Mind, Body, and Business, that third pillar of the podcast, what am I doing for my business? Well, I just talked about it. Same thing I'm doing for my body, I'm doing for my business. Getting back to offering these programs where I'm providing coaching and live training, 
I took this long break. And so I'm hoping that this is a good start for me to be consistent in making those connections because that was my favorite part, the support, the community, the conversations, and seeing all of the women who participate in the program get closer to their fitness goals. So that is what I'm focused on uh, over the next week, over the entire month, actually, of March uh, just to really super serve everyone who chooses to participate in the program. I'm saying everyone as if it is also for men, but I specifically work with women. So, fellas, don't have anything for you yet. Uh, I'm working on that, but my specialty is helping women get in great shape and feel good about their bodies from the inside out. Again, if you want more information about the upcoming Empowered Fitness Challenge and future challenges and programs overall, you can check out my website at mariamore.com, M-A-R-I-A-M-O-R-E. Now, with that said, let's jump into the topic of this episode. So there's been this long debate about the definition of success, like what does it mean? Does success mean having a lot of money, having a career title, owning a home, being in a successful marriage, becoming a parent? Um, And in my opinion, I think success varies from person to person. It matters what makes you happy. And if your desires are aligned with what you're experiencing in your life. And so taking a deeper look at that, what does a successful fitness journey mean? What does it mean to be healthy? Um, I've shared in this podcast and previous episodes that I have been filming a talk show. It's called Leading Ladies, and it airs locally in Atlanta on Peachtree TV. And I was inspired to extend a conversation that we were having with one of our guests about what does being healthy mean? And the conversation about BMI came up. That's body mass index. And if you have ever put your numbers in your height, your weight, um, sometimes your age, it may come back with a number that says you are obese, you are overweight, you are not healthy. And the thing about BMI is that it doesn't take into consideration your body fat percentage, And it also doesn't take into consideration whether you are male or female. Um, So that makes a huge difference. The standards of BMI are based on a very dated measuring tool to determine if you are healthy or not. I still believe that it can serve as a good metric, but it shouldn't be uh, an exclusive metric that people use to determine if they're healthy or not. Another metric that people use um, that is helpful but also not so helpful is the scale. Right. Hopping on that scale to see if you're within that healthy weight range, if you are still the same size you were in your 20s or for some people hoping you are the same size you were last year because stuff be happening and the food finds its way to your mouth and down to your belly and into your fat cells. And so um, many people get tripped up by the scale. They look at it as an in all, especially women. I have been there before, and let me tell you how petty I am with the scale. I hop on the scale, and I don't see the number that I want to see. I'm taking off clothes. I'm repositioning the scale. I'm taking my drawers off. I'm standing on the scale butt naked trying to get to that number. But again, like BMI, the scale doesn't take everything into account. The scale doesn't even know if a human is standing on it. It doesn't know if you're holding things in your hand. It does not know your body fat percentage, although there are some scales that measure that. Um, I don't know how accurate measuring your body fat from the bottom of your feet is, but I really believe it's very important that we have multiple ways to determine if we are fit, if we are healthy, if we are on the right track. Again, BMI is a tool. 
the scale is a tool. But there are also other things that you can use. You can look at to determine, am I in line with this healthy lifestyle that I am pursuing? Are there signs around me beyond the scale, beyond these scientific metrics that I am on the right track? And so let's discuss some of these metrics, some of these tools that you can use to pat yourself on the back and to not feel so bad when the scales and the numbers and the scientific metrics aren't doing what you want them to do. Now, before I jump into this, I have to acknowledge that most people do use the scale to find out if they've lost weight, but the number on the scale doesn't always tell the full story. And we all know this. Um, It can make you feel mad, feel frustrated, feel defeated. It can make you feel like nothing is working, and it can even cause you to go ahead and eat that cupcake or those high-calorie fried foods because you feel like, well, if I'm not losing weight, I should stop right now. Keep in mind, your weight will change as you grow. It will also go up and down as you increase your activity and make healthier food choices. Yes, you can be eating broccoli and still not losing weight, but that does not mean you're not making progress. The physical activity you do can also increase your bone density and muscle mass, and having more muscle is a good thing because muscle is metabolically active. That means muscles require calories to grow. And where do we get calories from? Food. So don't think of food as a bad thing. Food is nourishing. It is good for your body. It feeds your muscles. And the more muscle you have, the more fat you can burn. All right. Uh, So don't let that number on the scale fool you. Now, here are some ways to measure the good changes you are making. How is your energy? Um, People really don't put as much value on the way they feel as they do the way they look or the number on the scale. Regular physical activity will make your body do more and it will give you more energy. Yes, it does require energy for you to jump on that treadmill or do those jumping jacks or those squats, lift those weights, uh, be more active outdoors. But you get something in return. It gives you that energy back. And this can help make your daily routine much easier. So pay attention to how your body feels when you're exercising. Are you waking up feeling more refreshed? Are you sleeping better at night? Do you feel more energized during the day? This matters just as much, if not even more, than what that number on the scale says. So uh, really pay attention to how your energy levels are changing as you are swapping unhealthy foods for healthier choices and you are being intentional about your exercise routine or even just getting more active, getting more steps in, walking around your neighborhood, doing more house chores, all of that makes a difference. Another way to determine if you are on the right track is how are your clothes fitting? You know, I talk a lot about Empowered Fitness by Maria Moore. It is a program that I started specifically for women back in 2017. And um, I have women start by, yes, taking a picture of the scale and writing down the date on it because the scale is a metric. But I also have them take full body pictures. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
And I tell them to make sure that they save the same exact outfit because when you take those follow-up pictures in the same exact outfit, you can see the contrast and changes in body composition a little bit more. And I also tell the women that I coach and who are doing my program and even my own personal training clients to have a pair of tester pants. Now, these can be some jeans that only come up to the thigh that you're trying to get to come up to the waist or some jeans that may fit, but you got to do some lunges, some yoga poses and a whole lot of stretching and jumping to get them on. Baggy clothes may not be a current fashion statement, but it does show you that you are losing inches and making progress towards your goal. And the crazy thing about your clothes fitting uh, differently, being more baggier as you're making progress, is you may step on the scale and the number doesn't change. But that's because you're swapping fat for muscle. Muscle is more dense. Muscle takes up less space than fat. But a pound of fat equals a pound of muscle. So pay attention to how your clothes are fitting. And I'm sure you'll be very proud of yourself beyond, you know, that number that you're seeing on the scale. Also, uh, maybe you're not noticing a change, but the people around you are. Don't dismiss compliments. Receive them. Absorb them. Accept them. Has anyone told you lately how good you look or how big your smile is? Small changes can make you feel better. And the way you feel, again, is just as important, if not more important, than how you look. So if you're noticing a change in your attitude, um, if you find yourself getting excited about that workout routine instead of dreading it, if you find yourself enjoying healthy foods more than the unhealthy ones, that is progress. That is change. That is good change that you should embrace. Here's one that I talked about at the beginning of the year on the Mind, Body, and Business podcast. Are your health numbers changing? You know, within weeks and sometimes about a month or so of starting a regular fitness plan, incorporating more physical activity, your resting blood pressure and resting heart rate will get better. I've noticed this with myself, uh, specifically my resting heart rate, because I've always had pretty low blood pressure. And I did share on the podcast that I have anemia, so I take blood builder supplements. But my resting heart rate has gone down. It used to be like in the 60s, and now it's like in the low 50s. And when your body can relax and your heart doesn't have to work as much when you're resting, that is a sign that your health is improving. It's a sign that you're on the right track. So that metric matters even even more than the number on the scale because it shows that you are healthy on the inside and that's the part that we can't see. So that's very helpful to know. And again, like I said in the first episode of 2024, I encourage everyone to go and get a full body scan. I'm talking, you know, your annual health checkup where you're measuring your blood pressure, you're looking at your lipids, you're determining your resting heart rate. It is a full body, head to toe physical assessment that you can get at your doctor's office or even at a walk-in clinic at like um, a local drugstore. We have one called CBS in the Atlanta, Georgia area. But yes, get your numbers and then maybe do follow-up numbers towards the middle of the year so that you can see how you're improving from the inside. Here's another one is exercising easier. Are you running on that treadmill and you feel like no time has gone by and then you look down and realize you have been running for 10, 15 minutes? Yes, that is a good sign. Um, are you picking up that 20-pound dumbbell and it's feeling light? You're feeling like, is this really 20 pounds? That is because you got muscles, homie. The more you exercise, the easier it will become. I know this sounds 
like it is such a far-fetched idea, especially if you are deconditioned, you're new to exercise, and everything got you breathing heavy. But I promise you, I have been in situations where, you know, I was working out for about three to four months, lifting heavier, shorter rest periods, and I would be in group fitness classes with strong men younger than me. And I was able to do more push-ups, more bicep curls, more burpees. I just had a better physical condition. And that is because my body adapted to the change. I gained the benefits of the physical activity. So as you are going through your exercise routine, don't be afraid to challenge yourself. Don't be afraid to increase the speed gradually as you're on that treadmill or pick up heavier dumbbells or to lower your rest periods. You might even want to go a longer distance. Here's a big one. Who needs sugar? I know I am the sugar lady. I have sweet teeth, not a sweet tooth. I have sweet teeth, okay? Healthy eating habits can help decrease you wanting sweets. Uh, These include eating breakfast. That is a great habit. A lot of folks like to skip breakfast thinking they're doing good, but all you are doing is revving up your appetite to eat even more calories in your first meal of the day if that's going to be later in the afternoon. So you're better off eating breakfast and giving your body the energy it needs to start the day. Um, Adding protein or healthy fats with each meal is really important. We know there are three macronutrients, fats, carbohydrates, and protein. And you want to try to have a nice balance of all three in um, each meal. Choosing water over sweet drinks. Oh, who likes to choose something with no flavor? If you are at a point to where you find drinking water refreshing, where you prefer it over a soda or a sugary fruit drink, that is a sure sign that you are on the right track and you are making positive changes. Also making snacks of whole or dry fruit, veggies, or whole grains. Anytime that you can choose a fruit over a packaged snack that is going to be good for your body because most packaged snacks have all types of ingredients we cannot pronounce, they cannot be broken down in the digestive process, and just overall aren't good for our bodies. The next thing that might give you an indication that you're on the right track is your confidence, physical activity, making healthier food choices and working hard improves your confidence. Are you walking in the gym like, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I know what that machine does. I know how to adjust it for my height and weight. Um, I'm all right with being closer to the front of the group fitness class. Having more confidence is a great sign that you're on the right track. You have control over the good decisions that you're making. I know self-discipline is is a huge indicator for me when I am able to control myself in spaces where I'm offered delicious free food. And that happens very often in this radio personality space that I'm in. You know, I've already had my plan for breakfast and then all of a sudden the caterer comes in with all of these delicious breakfast options. I need to stick to my plan. And when I'm able to do that, that makes me feel so confident. It makes me feel so proud of myself. And it gives me the assurance that I'm on the right track. Let's talk about your happiness. This ties into the way you feel and how important that is. Just like confidence, the more you do, the happier you will be. The more successful you will feel in pursuing this healthy lifestyle. Let your smile shine through. Feel the energy of the smile. Don't let the number on the scale dampen your day. If you are able to smile through that, you are certainly doing much better on your fitness journey. Again, going back to sleeping better. Good sleep is important and making good food choices, routinely being active and having healthy habits, sleep 
will come easier and be more restful. One of the big things that I noticed with my sleep as I began to make healthier food choices and even the times where I've been on that fitness roller coaster, doing really good, then doing really bad, then doing really good, then doing really bad and having these phases in my life where I had to make adjustments because that happens. You know, you go through things emotionally, professionally, and it does affect your relationship with food and your relationship with exercise. Uh, But one of the biggest indicators for me is how restful I am. Uninterrupted sleep during the evening, being able to fall asleep quicker, and then also having my last meal uh, within two to three hours of bedtime. I noticed that when I would have those meals too close to bedtime, I would be very restless. And then I would also wake up feeling bloated. So uh, pay attention to your sleeping habits. Are you sleeping better? Are you sleeping through the night? Are you feeling refreshed and light when you wake up? All of that makes a big difference. Success is fluid. Remember that as you're setting your goals and try not to compare yourself to anyone else. Uh, While we're on the topic of success, let's talk about an amazing woman who achieved so much success, happens to be a black woman. Yes, another Black History Spotlight right here on the Mind, Body and Business podcast. Maya Angelou, the incredible, incomparable poet, the activist, the director. She accomplished so much in her life. A lot of things that we've seen in the media over and over again. Of course, she passed away back in 2014, but her legacy continues to live on. And I just want to spotlight some incredible things about Maya Angelou's life. She was a poet, a dancer, a singer, a activist, a scholar, a world-famous author best known for her unique and pioneering autobiographical writing style and that deep voice and those strong words, all of that inspiration, the motivation. Uh, She's an Aries like me, born on April 4th, 1928 in St. Louis, Missouri. She didn't have an easy upbringing. She was actually raped by her mother's boyfriend when she was only seven years old. Following what happened to her at the age of seven, she became mute for six years, all the way up until her teens. And then she moved with her grandmother in Arkansas. That was one fact about Maya Angelou that I didn't know. Throughout her childhood, she wrote essays, poetry, and kept a journal. I love hearing these stories about how young black children excelled, especially back in the 20s and 30s, because there were so many challenges presented during those times. And we think we have it hard. But imagine overcoming segregation and limited resources. Imagine overcoming access and still being successful. Maya Angelou did all of that. She attended George Washington High School in Oakland, California, and took dance and drama courses at the California Labor School. Get this, when World War II broke out, Maya Angelou applied to join the Women's Army. Now, her application was not accepted, but she was determined to gain employment. Despite only being 15 years old, she applied for the position of a streetcar conductor. Again, she was barred from applying at first because of her race, but she was undeterred. Every day for three weeks, she requested a job application but was denied. And finally, the company relented and handed her an application. But she had to do a little lying. She was under the legal working age, so she wrote down that she was 19. She was accepted for the position and became the first African-American woman to work as a streetcar conductor in San Francisco. Now, get this. In 1949, she married Tosh Angelos. An electrician in the U.S. Navy, she adopted a form of his surname, and that is how we know her as Maya Angelou. 
she kept that throughout her life, although she divorced him in 1952. Now, again, she did a little bit of everything, dancing, poetry. She was an author. She published I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, an autobiography of her early life. She wrote numerous poetry volumes, such as a Pulitzer Prize nominated Just Give Me a Drink of Water for I Die back in 1971, as well as several essay collections. I mean, the woman just did it all. Her poem on the pulse of the morning was originally written and delivered at President Bill Clinton's inauguration in 1993. She also won a Grammy in 1995 and again in 2002 for her spoken albums of poetry. And she also portrayed Kunta Kinte's grandmother in the television miniseries Roots in 1977. Oh, I remember that Roots collection. All those VHS tapes lined up in a row at my grandma's house. One of my fondest childhood memories. Now, she was recognized by many organizations, both nationally and internationally, for her contributions to literature. In 2010, President Barack Obama awarded Maya Angelou the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the country's highest civilian honor. Sadly, she died on May 28, 2014. Several memorials were held in her honor, including ones at Wake Forest University and Glide Memorial Church in San Francisco. To honor her legacy, the U.S. Postal Service issued a stamp with her likeness on it in 2015. I remember those. And she is just an amazing woman, an activist, a leader that we will always cherish and remember. And her legacy lives through so many poets that live today and continue to do the same type of amazing work that Maya Angelou did. So that is your Black History Spotlight for this episode of Mind, Body and Business. I decided to talk about Maya Angelou because I was thinking about how much I read self-empowerment books, books about improvement, habit change. Wouldn't it be cool to provide a list of books, empowering books written by African-Americans on the Mind, Body and Business podcast? Ways for us to enhance our mind, body and business through reading, uh, whether it's biographical stories or actual ways we can apply strategies in our own lives to live better. And this is not all inclusive. I'm sure there are many others out there. But one thing I want to challenge you to do is to find an empowering book, an inspirational book by a black author and read it. Fittingly, since this episode is about success, I retrieved this list of inspirational books by black authors. You need to read from success.com. The Light We Carry, Overcoming in Uncertain Times by our forever, my forever first lady, Miss Michelle Obama. You've Been Chosen, Thriving Through the Unexpected by Cynt Marshall, C-Y-N-T Marshall. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Year of Yes, How to Dance It Out, Stand in the Sun, and Be Your Own Person by Shonda Rhimes. And of course, here's one by Oprah herself, The Path Made Clear, Discovering Your Life's Direction and Purpose. So just a few ideas for you to add to your inspirational library and support some great black authors. And with that said, we come to the end of this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. Of course, you can give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at MBBPod, M-B-B-P-O-D. 
D. I would also greatly appreciate a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts if that is your streaming choice. And you can always DM me any questions you have for the Mind, Body, and Business podcast on social media. As always, I enjoyed this time with you. Truly appreciate your ear and look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Until then, take care. Mind, body, and business.